eat the meat, toss the bone. Frida Doxy. Welcome guys. Welcome ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Be The Leader Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Sullivan. I'm your host. This is a leadership and personal performance podcast. It's my mission to bring more good in this world and I've chosen to do that by building leaders and helping others achieve their best by helping you. There's a huge problem in this world and that's low performing people and poor leadership. This is my way of fixing that. This podcast is for the person who knows they need to become a stronger leader for the advancement of their career, the new entrepreneur or business owner with people problems, the experienced business owner with challenges, or anyone who just wants to be a better individually. But most importantly, it's for the people that want to win. The goal of this podcast is to give you a strong foundation in leadership and personal performance. And guys, I don't do ads. I'm not going to do ads. So all I ask is that if you find this valuable, that you share it with one friend. Yes, just one. That's it. Not two, just one friend. And if, again, if you find it valuable, just please share it. Today, guys, I have the honor and I am excited to be joined by a very well-respected guest. She is a licensed psychotherapist, a transformational strategist, a performance consultant. She serves on the executive team for the Women's National Basketball Association on the volunteer chaplaincy uh, program. She's a former assistant coach of women's basketball at Florida State University. She's an author and editor, and her accomplishments just keep going on. Um, she's extremely driven and committed to helping people advance personally and professionally, and she's great at it. So guys, pay attention, take notes, and listen up because she has a lot that we can learn from. Ladies and gentlemen, Frida Doxy. Frida. Hey, good. With you. you thank you thank you excited man this is great yeah um so let's get let's get rolling right into this um you know you have a whole laundry list of accomplishments and they're they're really fascinating and i, I just what i'm mostly interested in is how did this person become you like what is the story of frida doxy and uh, how did you become the person you are today so it starts with, I like to say, tell people defining moments. So I had some crucial defining moments from early childhood. And the number one defining moment is why we actually here talking today is I was six feet in the sixth grade wearing a size 12 shoe. Yep, I just put it out there publicly. Oh, wow. And this lady, no more than five feet tall, Jeremiah, she said, you need to be playing basketball. And I was like, nope, I just want to go to school, be a smart genius, and that's it. Well. You know the story, right? So I ended up playing basketball, and that was the number one defining moment because basketball has been a platform to take me all over the world, and that's why I am today because you know about sports. So we all know sports trains us to be leaders, and it's an incredible opportunity, and I believe that everybody in some kind of way needs to be involved in some kind of sports because it will train you to be a leader. It will train you uh, to know exactly what you need to do and I believe it's the athlete that has the stick to itness to get the job done. And athletics has been my springboard in so many areas of my life. What is it? Um, and so that's brought you into the line of work that you do now, right? Absolutely. So the next defining moment, I'm at Florida State University, right? Women's basketball, assistant coach. And um, doing what I do, I work with the post players because uh, I'm six feet two now. I grew two inches after middle school. And, um, but every day, almost every day, my door, not, hey, Frida, can I talk to you? I'm like, yeah, sure. And people are telling me their life story from administration, coaches, students, players, you name it. And I thought, hmm, I think I got something here that I need to look into further. And that is, at that time, it was, we didn't have life coaches. It wasn't called life coaches then. It was, you know, you are available to help somebody be the best that they can be. And so I began that journey of transformation and realized I have a gift and I need to use that gift. I need to, number one, build that gift and then share that gift with other people. And as I share with other people, they'll share their gift with me and I'll be all the more better. So that started my goal. Not, not my goal, I mean, that started my journey of helping others be the best that they can be. Would you, would you say that's your superpower is helping others transform? 
Yes, transformation. <laughs> Absolutely. Before there was the transformers, that was free to doxy. Absolutely, yeah. it is. It is. Tell me, tell me about a couple of the clients that you've worked with that you've helped with some transformations, so the audience can can see the kind of the great work that you have done. So one person comes out to mind. She has her doctorate, and uh, I was in Atlanta at this time, so I've traveled, you know, all the way around. So I'm in Atlanta, and this is a prominent woman. She's well known, well respected. She goes out and speak all over the country, and she and I met and just really connected. And she said, "Hey, I need to get with you because you got something that I need." I want, I feel like I'm hitting the ceiling. I just can't burst through it. And so we sat down and worked together over a few weeks, several weeks actually. And now today she's, she's been to Dubai. I mean, she's traveling all over the world before she was, you know, more nationally, but now she's been traveling all over the world. Whole demeanor has changed. And when you change the inside, as you and I know, and I'd say if you change it, when you change the inside, which is your mindset, then everything else must transform and must take place. So she began to change how she was thinking. And one of the things I talked about, she started changing those negative thought loops, you know, mm. loop and loop and loop and loop. And when she started changing that, she started seeing some results. Because when we change on the inside, our thinking, our feeling, our, and then our results would definitely change. So she stands out tremendously for me as one of those clients that I work with. Yeah, yeah, you know, input equals output, right? Yeah. Like garbage in equals garbage out. And I think a lot of people, you know, grow up with rough, rough upbringing, especially athletes. Like we, you know, we all grew up with sports as a, an outlet to get away from our stressful environment, our childhood, whatever. And, and it becomes this, this thing that, you know, this heaven almost. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, I think that we don't have, a lot of us don't have those mental tools early on. And when you can get around somebody that, can change your thought patterns. Like you said, it removes that ceiling that's over the top of them. Right. And then once they do that, you know, they can go on to do phenomenal things. I, I always say that belief is the first obstacle. Once you get over that, everything else falls into place. Yes, it sure is. It is. It's that belief system because that's the one that's deep, you know, ingrained in us, you know, and it'll come out. And we, when we say that, I say, Hey, what happened? How come I'm stuck? One of the things I like to tell people, you know, you got to get off a of stuck on start. I know a lot of people say stuck on stupid, but it's stuck on start. You know, it's just start, 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 start. Okay, get off a of start and let's get moving. And once you change those beliefs, man, I'm telling you, it's, and it's, it's, it's a challenge, right? It's a challenge to change those beliefs because they're so deep rooted within us, man. I mean, they go deep root like yeah. the oak tree. You don't want to, like where I live in Florida, where we got lots of oak trees, and when the hurricanes come in, the oak tree, they'll crack and break. But it's the palm trees, the palmettos, that they're just way with the, go with the flow, you know? And yeah. that's what we got to do. And that's how we change our beliefs. We got to be flexible with those beliefs that they're not giving us the results that we need in our life or in our business or our family or our relationships. Yeah. And I feel like no matter what level you're at, whether you're, you know, you don't see yourself as a high performer yet, or you are exceeding at a very high level, there's always a way to raise the roof just a little bit more. And so, you know, one of my jobs on this, this podcast is I try to give people some practical things that they can implement in their day-to-day -day life. So do you have some things like that, that some go-to techniques or tactics that people can use to increase the belief in themselves? Absolutely. So the number one thing I was talking to one of my um, clients the other day is so you, if you, he said, how do I change these beliefs? You know, I've been having them for years. I said, absolutely right. I said, here's the thing is beliefs are not giving you the results you need. And you always say, yes, that's mm. the first thing. Mm. Admit that this isn't working. Mm. And I, I believe this deeply in order for change to happen, change is the first thing, but don't get stuck on change either. You got to transform and that's what the transformers come in. So what do you do? You need help. <laughs> a lot of people don't know how to ask for help. And you know, even our elite athletes that I've had an opportunity to work with some elite athletes, it's like, get help. You've had coaches all these years in your particular sport, get help. So the first thing is admit, hey, I need to get rid of this belief. It's not working for me. Number two is go get help. And mm -hmm. I just ended and I both know, but get that help that's going to really transform. My thing is transform. You know, it's not just changing because I can change my hair today, my eyes, you know, I can change my shirt. You know, it's not about changing, it's about transforming. Because when you transform, like you said, from the inside out, man, you're going to see some incredible results. 
Yeah. So let's pull the thread on that a little bit. The difference between changing and transforming. A lot of people, I think, don't know the difference. So how would you explain that to them? Just like I did now. Real simple. I don't want to normalize it, but I am. <laughs> and that is, I can just change my shirt. You know, I can go change the color of my, eye, <clears throat> my eyes and just put on new contacts. And I have a different look, right? I can change my earrings, different look. I can change my shirt from a Nike to, a, to, to, to Adidas, but I'm still the same on the inside. Mm. So it's not that I've got to get in on the inside. And that's what we talked about earlier. Those beliefs got to change. I got to start recognizing I'm believing a certain way and it's not getting me the result. Now transformation occurred. So now when you put on a different shirt, it doesn't matter what shirt you put on. It doesn't matter what pair of pants you wear, red bottoms, black bottoms, no bottoms. The bottom line is people will know when you've transformed because they'll say, whoa, something different about you. Is it your hair? Like, nope, same hairstyle. Well, it, it, what? You, 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 you're bald? No, it's not that I'm bald. It's I've been transformed. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, you know, it's about changing. If you're gonna change, it's about the identity, who you are at your core, right? Not in what you're doing. And I, I was just talking to one of my clients about the same thing. He said people are noticing, like people are texting me and telling me that you're, you seem different, something's off, and they can't quite put their finger on it. But it's the transformation that you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. People know, man, they know when something is different. So if we, if we um, start undoing kind of those mind knots that we have, those limiting beliefs, and we start undoing that, we start believing that we can achieve more. I, what I find that the next thing that happens to the individual is they start, they get in go mode, right? And they just start going and it's awesome to see and they're super proud, but then the next obstacle, the next challenge is overwhelm or stress. Yes. Do you, do you yes. see that as well? Yes, yes. And it's because we believe, and let's admit it, I know I do, is we, are, we all are at some point in our lives looking for instantaneous, you know, just whoa, snap that finger, microwave, whatever you want to call it, laser change. I'm done with it. We got to do the work. You know, mm -hmm. there's a belief that says faith without works is dead. And what that simply means is, I, yeah, I believe, I believe, I believe. We got to put some action to it. And so what I call that is you must have strategic corresponding action. Okay. You, yes, you change your belief. It's got to be actions, not just one thing. Like you said, go, 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 go. But it's got to be specific. It's got to be tuned in to something directly that's going to make a difference and not just instantaneous. Got, you, know, you, you know, we athletes and most of the people I think listen to your podcast are ath or athletes or former athletes, right? We understand the work ethics mm. that's involved. We got to keep going until we get the results along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so balancing that, you know, for me, I have um, my system that I use to recharge, right? Sundays are a great example because on Sundays, uh, I feel, um, I feel like I'm failing if I don't do a little bit of work, right? Like if I take, if I personally take the whole day off, I feel like I'm behind on Monday. Yeah. Whereas I think other people, they might need the whole day off. So, you know, when I, when I was trying to figure out a routine that I could adopt to make myself feel good and, and energized throughout the week, I said, listen, I'm just going to lower the bar on Sunday. I'm going to do three to four hours of work, you know, max. And then the whole day is going to be family and recharge time. If I do that, then I know that I'm going to be, I'm going to get rid of that feeling, that nagging feeling of not doing enough. And I'm going to be rested for the week. So, you know, I'm just wondering with, when dealing with stress and overwhelm, is there some things that, you know, you find that um, help out people a lot to reduce stress and overwhelm? Like how do, how does an athlete or even a business owner deal with overwhelm and stress? What do they, what should they do? Yeah, I think you nailed it. We got to realize that we consist of more than just uh, the work we do or our business or being entrepreneurs. We consist of family. And, and I tell single people, you are a family. You are the single unit of the family. So family is important. And the th sec uh, third thing, you are important. Me, your mindset. I mean, I am so into emotional health. You got to have emotion. I was talking with a lady just today totally overwhelmed, almost collapsed in my arm, tears are rolling down, because she forgot and, or I should say, ignored her own health, her own emotional strength that was necessary. So I definitely tell people, listen, you're going to have stress. I do it this way. And there's a tip for everybody. Five, you know, your hand, high five, right? So you have five senses. It's those senses that get in the way. We ignore our senses. What, what we're watching all the time, right? The sight, the hearing, the taste, the touch. 
And those five cents that we got to start addressing. What am I, am I looking a lot at nothing but my social media, shut it down, trim it. Am I constantly hearing a lot of noise? Am I constantly, you know, enjoying, like, I like to eat. I have to monitor that, you know, yeah. look at that. You know, what are you tasting? You know, what are you touching? Are you constantly busy? Like you said, touching what is touching your business, touching somebody else, you know, being involved in their life. And you, when you look at those five cents or any of those five off whack, if they are, that's what you got to pay attention to. Mm. You got to go back. It's like when we, I know I do it. My daughter, who's a millennial, I call her a multi-millennial because she's 19 and mm. I'm just, searching on my phone, doing, you know, all kinds of search, Google here, da, 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 da. And I said, hey, my phone isn't working. And she said, oh, well, let me look at this, mom. It seems like you've been a lot of places. Let's hit this refresh button. <laughs> <laughs> Everything works for me. So we got to hit that refresh button, Jeremiah. We got to hit that refresh button in our five senses. Yeah, that made, and that makes sense. You know, I think that I'm always looking for ways to uh, – assess how balanced I am in life. And I never really stopped to look at my senses. Like you said, what am I staring at? What am I thinking about? What am I feeling? What am I doing? Like, even what am I smelling? You know, for me, going to the ocean when I'm close to the water is a very, very therapeutic thing, right? I mean, you, you know, you're over there in Florida. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's a very strategic and very helpful thing for everyone. Um, so, okay. Um, yeah, I want to move on to um, some leadership questions, actually. Okay. Um, so like I mentioned before this, so this is, you know, a personal performance and leadership podcast. And I really feel like, you know, regardless of what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, you're leading somebody, right? Your fan, your family, your coworkers. And so there's a burden there. And when you, when you step into that role of being either the provider or the helper or whatever, it can, it can be pretty taxing. Right. So I think that everybody's a leader in some capacity, some more than others. Right. As you continue to go through life, the more people you help, the, uh, the, the more actually you do well. Right. Like your success goes up as well. And um, so I guess to, before we transition to this, you know, what, is, what does it mean personally to you to, to be a leader in your own words? For me, it's someone who can empathize with others. And here's my demonstration of empathy. Leaders must empathize. So I said before, in sixth grade, I wore a size 12, right? Well, by the time I got to eighth grade, <laughs> I was wearing a size 13. Yeah. <laughs> so I still wear a size 13. And what I demonstrate is I take off my shoe and I say to a person, let's say they wear a size eight. I said, now, let me put my foot in your size eight and not complain that it's too small, too tight, too short you know, too thin. Let me absorb your world the way you view your world. That's what leaders do. Mm. We must be able to empathize. If we, when we stop empathizing with those we work with, and then we're no longer leading. We're just, you know, we're self-centered, we're self-centric. Yeah. When, we, when we keep empathizing, that's what you do, I do, and other leaders do, they start empathizing. Because what happened, leaders must build relationships. Gotta build, it's about a relationship. It's not about, hey, produce this, do this, you know, fulfill this. Let me pay you this amount of money. It's me knowing who are you. So I can't say enough about empathizing as leaders. When we, not sympathy, that's a difference. So sympathy is, and I feel sorry that this has happened in your life. You know, like I lost my mom. You know, people sympathize with me. You can't, you know, but so empathy is totally different. I get into your world and see it the way you see it. Now we can talk about transformation. And now we can talk about making change as change is necessary before there is transformation. Yeah. You know, it's, it's connection. What you're mentioning is connection. I think, um, you know, John Maxwell, he said, you know, many communicate, few connect. Right. And I think when you have empathy for people, you connect with them. And I've realized this the more and more I step into what I'm doing as a profession that you can go in and talk about all your successes and share things with people, but it just shoots right past them unless you like tell them how you failed. Like if I come to you and I say, Hey, this is where I've screwed up. And it's like that person sees me, I, 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 I get on the same level as them and I'm not trying to boast and brag. And it's just like, Hey, this is, I'm a regular human. I'm just like you. This is how I failed. And now we, once we connect, if I want to influence them, I, I become a little bit more persuasive, right? And, that, and in a good way, not in a negative way, but it's like, hey, we're the same. This is what I'm thinking. 
can you see this path as well? And they have, and it's a way to create buy-in, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we change ourselves first as leaders. We, and I love Mr. Dale Carnegie and his principles. He has 30 principles. The first nine principles talk about you. You got to change you. And the one that I got stuck on, which I needed was don't condemn, criticize, and complain. <laughs> I could even go to number two because I was stuck on number one. And I have to, have, <laughs> you know, I find myself complaining about stuff. Uh, then the second set is what you talk about. He talks about now you can influence, now you can influence others. And the third one is what you and I do is because I've influenced and we built a relationship, the third one, now I can say, hey, can I offer a suggestion for you to make this difference in your life? Because I've, I've changed. Hey, I'm weak in this area. Number two, hey, I, I'm influencing you. Now I can get you to challenge you to do some things that maybe you would not have done. Mm, I like that a lot. You know, um, then, yeah, then you get that influence on them and you can really start pushing people to remove yeah. the lid like we were, we were talking sure. about. And, and speaking of challenges, you know, um, and connecting with people, let's, let's talk about some of your challenges. You know, do you have one or two that, um, you know, either things in the, the performance side of things or in any area of, of your life where, you know, this was an obstacle for me. This is why I learned how to, this is how I learned how to overcome it. And this is what was the practical tool to, to get over it. Yeah. So one of the challenges for me was, like I said earlier, was having that critical tongue. tongue. And I don't know about anybody else, but because I've had so many incredible experiences and I do know what I know, you know, I had to slow down and say, okay, don't criticize Frida, you know, don't complain because they're not getting it on the first go round. You know, I had to learn that. And I say the hard way because along the way I did step on some toes and I did offend some people. And, I, and it wasn't just not, let me say this, wasn't not, it was not only, you know, people I work with like my, my, my clients, but it was also my family. Man, I mean, I hurt my husband, I hurt my kids. And once I started taming this small muscle in my mouth, this tongue, and started empathizing with my spouse and with my children, man, life got better for me. Life, so that was a challenge. And they helped me. They actually helped me. I opened myself and said, okay, I give you permission to correct me. That was hard to do. <laughs> you know, but yeah. once I that man, so our relationship is so much better. And that transfer over into the workplace. At that time, I was also working a nine to five in addition to doing some coaching, right? Mm -hmm. So it transferred into my nine to five. It transferred to my clients. And they like me better. And as a matter of fact, I got other clients. Yeah. You know, people are always watching, right? Yeah. People are always watching. I didn't realize he was watching. Like, no, nah, I can't work for her. She's, she's going to be too hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But once I transformed and allowed you know, stop that critical talking. I got other clients that I would not have gotten. I like what you did too, because, you know, you, you found a weakness and you attacked it and you figured out a way to make it a strength and you, you learned empathy throughout the whole process. And as a result, you know, I believe that we receive who we are, not what we want. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so I think that that was really the, the solution to getting more, more clients and a, a better life for you is you became somebody different. Yes, absolutely. It did. It did. Um, you know, for me, um, you know, for me, one of my challenges, is, um, I got some feedback coming. So for me, one of my, my challenges as a, as a leader, you know, I was an infantry company commander, and so I had 130 soldiers that I would have to lead on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think for a lot of people that can relate to this, my struggle was showing up at my best every single day, you know, like making sure that, that, I was, a, I was performing at 100% every single day and that whatever I had going on in life outside of work didn't carry over and come into work. Um, is that something that you can relate, relate to or have you seen? Yes. So another thing that I do, which is a great combination of coaching, I'm also a life and professional counselor. And I mean, anywhere I've worked with the mass murderer to you know, the person who's struggling being homeless and the multimillionaire, I've been into the homes and it was not taking on everything that I, you know, in that conversation at one hour with them yeah. and not stick with me, but letting that go, you know, that it makes sense because I still had a family. I couldn't come home and say, you know, 
if I was dealing with a patient or a client who had anger issues and didn't know how to reduce that, I couldn't, I couldn't go home and be angry, you know, with my yeah. husband or angry with my coworker. At that time when I was working, I had to let go. I just had to, you know what? I, I did what I could do in that time I was with them. I had to trust the process that they will get it. And sure enough, they did. So the more you know, let, let it go, know what is me. That's boundaries, right? That's boundaries. I got to know what's me and what's them. And we still do that as coaches. You know, what is my client and what is me? And don't cross those boundaries. Respect each other's boundaries when we do that. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. And uh, it's, it kind of sounds too like you got really used to compartmentalizing in a healthy way, not in a negative way. Like I think there's repressing your feelings, right? And then there's compartmentalizing them, which is like, hey, I'm just going to box this up, leave it at work, and then I'm going to come home. Um, is that just something that you learned to, a skill that you learned to acquire over time? Or do you have a process that you use? Like I, I talked to a guy recently and his process, he comes home, he sits in his car and for 30 seconds, he turns off his phone and he just sets it down face down and just thinks gratitude for 30 seconds before he goes in the door and thinks about the father that he wants to be. Um, and, and the person he wants to be for his family, not the person he was prior to. Yeah, so I do. So when I leave a client or a customer, is I'm in my car and I got to drive somewhere, I put on a certain tape or music or I listen to something on the radio or I listen to stuff on my phone that's building me up and encouraging me. So I, that's how I do it every time. I, I'm, I'm listening to something. Uh, Chris calls it Automobile University. You know, yeah. I'm listening yeah, yeah, to something yeah. building me up as opposed to just driving. And I don't just listen to any music. It's got to be a music that's going to help me in that moment. Okay. It's a variety of music. It's something that's going to really help me in that moment. So I, I used to teach, and you said your client did the 30, I think it's 30 seconds. I used to do, I, used to, I teach my parents. I work for parents too. I teach them 20, 10, 20. You know, 20 seconds in the car before you go to, then when you get in the door, you know, you got to spend that 10 seconds or 10 minutes, whatever, and with your kids. Because mm. I, I don't know about you, had young ones at the time, you know, they just want you. They don't care <laughs> where you've been. They just yeah. want you. So now, minutes with your, your children. And then you spend 20, uh, 20 minutes or 20 seconds, whatever, with your spouse. Uh, I believe in taking timeouts too, man. I come home, I say, right now, I need a timeout. So I'm going to the timeout room. You know, give me 10 minutes and I'll be right with you. You, you got to recognize you need timeout too. Yeah, and your family re realizes that as a boundary, right? They know, hey, hey, they know, mom, mom, she said timeout, guys. This is what it means, right? <laughs> exactly. If you got young ones, by teenage age, it's like, they don't, they're not bothering with you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Okay. Um, you know, thinking back and, and continuing on this topic of leadership, you know, who was, if you can think of one very, very impactful leader that you had in your life, who, who was that person? Why were they so impactful? Yeah. So the one that stands out, um, Chuck Swindoll. Uh, I don't know if you know the way he leads. I, I got, finally got to meet him for years. I just listened to him. Uh, Susie Ortman, I would listen to them constantly. So they were my, you know, leaders by osmosis, if you will. But once I got to meet Chuck, he was definitely the person who I thought he would be. Uh, he's the one that came up with, you know, people don't care how much you know. I, I believe he's the one that gets the credit for that one. And they just want to know how much you care. Yeah. So when I met him about 20 some years ago, he was the exact person I thought he was going to be. And he leads by example. He's the epitome of uh, empathetic leader. He's that person, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I would be the person that stands out for me. And my coach, Vivian Stringer, see Vivian Stringer, Hall of Famer. I was a young kid, went to college um, to play basketball for her. I mean, I was just as green as green could get. And this lady took me in and really nurtured me and nourished me and taught me about life. And still to this day, I can text her today and she's right there for me and giving me continual insights about life. No, I love that. And, you know, the reason I like that so much is because we, we all want that person, that mentor to come in our life and kind of show us the way, right? But then there's a certain point in time and, and this should be continuous. Really, we should do this all the time. We should be that person as well. You know, and so I, I believe that we should always be looking for our next mentor, but we should always be mentoring somebody else right behind us because, because it can change your life. You know, there was a man that changed my life and got me into special operations. He fixed wow. my, my belief in myself, removed it completely. And then said, Hey, I think you could do this. And the next thing you know, 
my whole life went a different direction. Right. So yeah. um, for the listeners and the guys paying attention, you know, yeah, seek mentors out to help you with your own transformation, but don't neglect the people that are underneath you and help show yeah. them the way as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, one of the things I do with, with leadership is I, I constantly assess um, the quality of the leader. And I think there's three levels. There's poor, good, and great. And um, when everybody starts out, right, we're, we're all poor. Like, we're trying to figure it out. There's no, like, no schooling. Most jobs don't require that you go get certified in leadership before you come into it. They just want you to figure it out as you go, right? And so we all are kind of drinking from the fire hose, and we're poor, and then we learn some things. And um, what I find is that the, you know, the great leaders are the ones that, that, like you said, they care the most, they're empathetic, but mm -hmm. I'm curious to what do you think is the differentiating factor between good leaders and great leaders? I believe is your willingness to want to change you. Mm. Like I'm willing, like you said, you go from poor to, to, to good to better, you know, good, better, best, never let it rest that you change your better to best. You know that, that saying, I like right? That, I like that. That's exactly what it is. And I, for one, am a type of person, I'm always knowing that I can be the best. I can be better. And I'm looking for ways to be better. And I tell my clients and anybody who will listen to me, listen, I can learn from anybody. And they're like, anybody? Yes, anybody. Even the person who... Uh, keeps on failing absolutely mm -hmm. and I and here's a story that I learned from my granddaddy and that is eat the meat and spit out the bones girl <laughs> <laughs> there's some meat on that bone you know but spit out the bones you know growing up uh, my granddaddy fish and I just love to fish and one of my favorite fish to eat is perch and if you know anything about fish they are very bony yeah. And I would just dig into it as a child. Like, get stuck on the bone. He said, just eat the meat and spit out the bone. And so that, that, that's, what I, that's how I live my life, one of those principles. And that is, I can be better. I can yeah. be my best. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to eat all the fish, but you might as well try, right? Like, let me <laughs> eat, the meat, eat the fish, spit out the bone, and keep going, right? Yeah. That's, that's, why, that's why I love eating fish so much, because it's never going to stop. <laughs> I like, yes, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Okay. Um, so I'm thinking about this, you know, transformation and people changing. Um, what, what advice would you give to somebody wanting to change and become a better version of themselves? Mm -hmm. uh, like I said earlier, you, you know, you need to now find that person who can help you. Um, I believe in self-help books and videos and you name it right. But at some point you will need someone to come alongside with you. You'll need a coach. You'll need you know, somewhat, maybe not just one, I believe in more than just one coach, you'll need a mentor, a coach, and a sponsor, you'll need a combination, because we can get stuck in that area of all of this knowledge I've acquired, and not knowing where to put it, yeah. you know, uh, and, and, and that's where some of us, a lot of us stop, because we have so much information, we don't know what to do with it, right. and so, oh, okay, let's try this, well, you tried that, it was called A, it's still not working and people get frustrated, get overwhelmed and they stop. And here's what I say, get help. I said it earlier, get help. Find a trusted advisor, find a coach like you and I, a business coach that we really trust and that we really respect because that's where you'll see the change. And so those people like you and I, we come alongside and we have insight and you know, we have insight, not just only our experience, but we have other insight that we help you reach that goal. And when you reach that particular goal, then we just repeat that cycle again and we find other goals. But you got to get help. You need people. I didn't get where I'm at today by myself. I've had a plethora of coaches, mentors, and sponsors, and I still do. Yeah, it's, it's circular, right? Like, you know, we, we both have coaches in our lives. And, and it's just like we talked about with finding that mentor. Like, we're reaching mm -hmm. up and we're also reaching down. I find that, I found, find that coaching is a lot like money in that it circulates, right? Like, I... I pay or my tenant pays their, their rent. Right. And it comes into my house and then I take that money and I put it into somebody else's pocket. Right. And it just keeps going around and around and around. And that's, that's essentially how this space works. It's just one person helping the next and continuing to pay it over and over. And we all just go in this big circle where I think a lot of people um, always think that there's a trade-off or there's an end, but no, everything, it all circulates. Right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And being okay with that. 
and being okay with that. And you gotta be okay, and you probably can chime in on this as well, is you gotta be okay with um, knowing that you're not supposed to do it by yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, you and I both, we, we know people who are at a whole grade level than we are, and they're not doing it by themselves. Yeah. They're constantly getting help. You gotta be okay with that. Um, maybe because um, I play team sports and you special ops, it was a team effort. It's a team effort. Even the long distance runner is a part of a team. They run uh, solo, but they're part of a team and being okay with the team. And, and you and I know you got to pick that right team. Don't panic about the right team. Be okay with failing, you know, oh, that wasn't the right team member. Okay. All right. Count up as a, as a loss. And let's keep moving and finding that right team member uh, to be a part of your growth. Yeah. So is, is asking for help something that you've learned that was a hard lesson for you? Um, is that, would you say that's one thing you wish you would have known when you were first starting out, whether in business or anything? Yes, man. Yes. I had pride. That's you talked about challenges and man, I had some pride issues. <laughs> time and I can make excuses and well I had pride because you know I was good at what I was doing and I was man I was real good at what I you know in every place that I went I was good at what I did because that was my mindset is be the best mm -hmm. you know let no one out top you and I, and I probably learned that from my coaches right um, but it I, I took it to the wrong level and I, it was all about pride and so when I failed, and I did, right, I didn't ask for help. I just sucked it up and said, hey, I can do it by myself again. But when I found, say, you know what, I can't do this by myself, and it's okay to get help, and I started getting help, life changed. Yeah, um, that, that knockdown moment, do you want to talk about that a little bit? What was that exactly? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So there I was, as Dale Carnegie would say. No, it was um, – I just finished my my first master's and I went to work for the governor of Illinois and I was 23 years old in charge of a I want to say a two billion dollar budget right yeah no pressure head right just big head and I and this this I remember this guy so I was responsible for the department of transportation budget and I would go in the meeting with their budget analyst, the director of budgeting, and I would, and I'm telling you, I was horrible. I went in and said, you either change the budget or I change it, and walked out the door. <laughs> and before I could walk out the door, I remember, I don't know his name, I could see his face. He said, that's what I would like about you, young kids, just, you know, you got your memory, and you're going to come in here and tell us what to do. And I just looked at him straight face, straight face and said, yes, change it or I'll change it, and walked out the door. Stupid. I can say stupid, right? I can yeah, say you're fine. Pride, right? Just pride. That was horrible. I learned the hard way um, that I just had no respect for that man and everything that he had worked on. And he knew more than I did. Yeah. I had the power, the pen to change those numbers. And so I did. I finally succumbed to humility. I succumbed to humility and began to listen. And I wish I had done that earlier. Because I, I think I, I, know, I know that I could have had a better relationship with some people if I just had some humility and less pride. Yeah. You know, I learned that lesson with my yard work <laughs> because, <laughs> because I used to, I used to, um, used to do my, my own um, uh, lawn mowing, right? But I would be gone all the time on deployments. And when I came back, the house was always a disaster with outside because I, you know, I just had this big mess that wasn't tended to. And I said, no, no, it's my responsibility. It's my job to do the lawn work. It's my job to cut the grass. It was a pride thing. And I refused to let anybody else do it. And uh, it ended up eating up all my, all my weekends. And then one day I said, you know what? I'm going to hire somebody and we're going to do 50-50. They'll do half, I'll do half. And what ended up happening was I, I got all my weekends back with my wife and my dogs. And I, I got over myself, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We do have to do that. Yeah. So getting help, definitely a good lesson there. Um, I'm, I'm curious, what, what, are you, what are you interested in now? What are you curious about right now, like in the direction you're heading? Yeah, so I'm really curious about, and it's part of my passion. I don't think of the curiosity, but it's my passion to work with athletes, um, NBA, NFL, WNBA. Uh, recently, and you might have heard this, I don't know, 
I want to say a couple months, maybe three months ago. So the NBA, this has been a, so when I started this coaching in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, about 10 years ago, my passion was at the same thing, working with the NBA, NFL, WNBA. I was working with the WNBA at the time. Uh, and you know, like we said earlier, our athletes are going through so much. And I just wanted to be a part of that change to, to help them with the emotional strength and emotional stability that was so necessary. Lo and behold, so 10 years ago and just three months ago, the NBA released that each league, each franchise must either contract with or hire a licensed professional counselor, right? Uh, right? Hey. Or, or a licensed uh, psychiatrist. Oh, that's awesome. I'm just like thrilled. I'm not a part of that yet, but I believe I will be a part of that. Oh, I will. You will. Be you will. 100%. Yeah. What's your just, top? What's your top pick? What's the number one pick? Um, if you had to choose one of those, one of those sports. Oh my God, basketball. Yeah. Basketball. I work for the WNBA right now, but I love basketball. I don't fully understand football. I have two teenage daughters and a husband. They understand football. I just have the party and eat the snacks. <laughs> I'm about tailgate and the party. And when it's time to cheer, they'll tell me. Uh, so I don't have a favorite team. I lean towards a few teams, but NBA, that's my passion. If I could just work, not if, I believe when I started working with those players in some capacity, it doesn't have to be one-on-one. It could be policy change. I'm all about policy change and procedures and maybe with the player development. So I'm in the process of reaching out to some top people in the WNBA and looking at the same thing. We don't have, when I say we, because I associate with the WNBA, we don't have that player development. You know, like the NBA, they have the player development. Uh, we need that. I know we're talking about that. I know our new commissioner. I mean, number one, we have a commissioner. used to be president. Uh, this is the first year where the leader of the WNBA is called a commissioner. Mm -hmm. So I know we're moving in the right direction, right? And um, so I'm out. I got some leads out there to say, hey, let's at least begin to do something on the lines of helping our players, um, you know, in the area of emotional stability. So that's one of my passions. And challenge. I guess it's a challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge too. Yeah. I, what I liked about this this specific thing in this direction that you're going is that um, a lot of people are faced with multiple options ahead of them. Right. And so while you're, you're telling me about the direction you're going, I'm looking at how are you, how are you thinking? And what you, I asked you about which sport are you picking? And you went to the best, you went to my, your number one, right? You have a clear idea. You're like WNBA, this is what I'm going to do. And then I've also targeted the top people in this industry already. So you went best and best, right? When I think what a lot of people do, is they get these options in front of them and they're like, okay, I understand the direction I want to go, but they start creating a story and a narrative of what's realistic. And they're like, well, I'm probably more fitting for this industry, right? Versus what do I actually want? And you know, not what I, what, what do I not want? What do I actually want? So that's what I was studying with you. And, and you can tell that you're a high performer because of that simple concept right there. Yes. And here's a tip for everybody. Um, and you said it, and this is how I phrase, I teach people to phrase it. Um, I want blank, but I don't want blank. Mm. So it's both of them. You said it, right? And sometimes we do focus on what I don't want, but what do I want? I want this, but I don't want this. Yeah. yeah so getting clear about both, right? And, yeah. and that, that'll, that'll point you in the right direction. So that's really yeah. good. Um, is, is there anything I haven't asked already that I should have? Oh my gosh. We talked about my family because that's really important to me, right? So here's my other passion. I, um, when all this is said and done, and I know that, you know, the numbers, dollars are there. I know they're coming in the next two, three years. I want to be able to train other people, whether they want to be business coaches, executive coach, whether they want to call, I want to train them to be the best. I believe in um, leaving legacies. Yeah. I don't want to be doing this for the next 30 years. I want to be able to, I love helping people, right? We establish that. We're going on a mission trip. It doesn't necessarily, not just only, because I've been to different countries in Africa. I've been to different countries in Europe. I, I'm talking about um, being able to go and make significant change. I want to be a part of uh, and have a team of people be a part of some significant changes, whether it's in my inner city, whether it's in my uh, uh, community, uh, whether it's in a different country. 
I want to be a part of establishing something. So I'm working on what is that something. I got an idea of what I want to do locally, but I also want to develop this idea of what I want to do globally. I've been on missions trips, I understand that, but I went on the last one um, to Liberia, right? January this year, January this year. And this changed me. Uh, it's a country that, well, Liberia means freedom, et cetera, et cetera, right? But they have lost their freedom. And while we was there, I, I remember asking, I think his title was PR director for one of the hospitals there, um, but it is in much need of some crazy improvement. And I asked the guy, what do you really need? He said, what we need is a medical team, a medical um, program that we can bring over here, train us, and you know, we can do it ourselves. And that has stuck with me. And I, I used to work with a psychiatrist, uh, excuse me, a medical, was he a psychiatrist? I can't remember. No, he's a medical doctor. And I share that with him. And he had been, watch this, that is the same thing that he's been developing. So I know he and I are going to do some things together. I said, oh my God, I just had this incredible, you know, inter intervention, if you will, over there. And he laid this thing out. He said, I just stopped. He said, I just stopped. I said, well, you're not going to stop because you and I are going to get together. So <laughs> that's going to be one of the things that we're going to do. So in the next five years, maybe or less, I, I'm excited about doing that. Maybe in Liberia, whatever country he and I, you know, agreed to do that. Yeah, I love. I, I absolutely love that. Um, we're like-minded in that aspect, you know. I one of my missions is to create the world's best leaders, you know, I, I, to, to mm -hmm. put them across the country and across the globe. And I, I love where you're going with your, uh, well, all of everything. I just love where you're going. Period. It's um very fascinating. To, yeah. To watch. Um, so uh, I'm gonna. We have the fire round coming up, but before I do that, I want to ask you, um, where can our audience find you if they want to reach out or connect with you? What's the best area so, yeah so right now the best is the website a wise a w i s e dot company a wise dot company that's the best way to reach me um i do have a number you can find it on the website as well but that is the best way to reach i'm on facebook but right now it's a personal facebook so chris and i are working on developing other things so it's a wise dot company and people go well that's not your last name I'm like no it's not the short story behind that is i had a, a great aunt and she, to me, she was just spooky. Just, you know, she was sitting in the dark and I've got to comb her long hair and she would talk in these riddles and, you know, it was ancient wisdom. But yeah. this is what she said. She said to me, you are a gold piece. And that has stuck with me. I was just a little girl and it stuck with me. Didn't know what it meant at the time. But in my late 20s, I began to realize she was speaking life into me. Yeah. That your life is not going to always be where it is today. Your goal piece. And so A-Wise is aunt-wise. <laughs> I love it. I love it. A-Wise. Yeah. yeah, so the website A-Wise. And um, you said dot company. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Or, okay. Yes, dot company. Yes. Yeah. And she, she saw your gift. You know, I think that um, grandparents and parents, like sometimes they don't have the right words, but they can feel yeah. it and sense it. And so, you know, my, my grandma used to say, you know, you look like Mel Gibson, like you could be in the movies as she would tell me. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? But it stuck with me just like you're saying, right? <laughs> um, okay. So um, as we, as we close off, um, this is the fire round as I call it. Yeah. And uh, what it is, is I'm going to ask you a question and just basically give you one sentence to answer. So just a short, short little phrase or short little, it could even be a word if you want to, but you know, no more than a sentence. Um, and I'm going to wrap or spit them off. There'll be about 10 of them. Uh, so, so it'll be fast paced, right? So just whatever comes to your mind first. All right. All right. Let's go. All right. Let's do it. What are you the most proud of? My husband and my two girls. Nice. What are you the most grateful for? God. Nice. What do you want to be remembered for when you pass? That was a giver. I gave. Yes. What are you the most excited about? These next five years. <laughs> okay. Yes. What's the change that you want to see in the world? Empathy. I want people to empathize more with each other. What does money mean to you? Advancement, growth, prosperity, you just get to do a lot of things. What drives you? Ooh. 
my desire to see people grow. Mm, seeing others win. Yeah. Yes. I love that. What's your first thought when you wake up in the morning? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Me too. <laughs> I made another day. Yes. Um, what's one pet peeve that you have or personal quirk? Ooh, be on time. Okay. You remember, I don't know if you had, it was um, to be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, final question. What's one piece of advice you would give somebody trying to succeed? Get help. Get mm -hmm. help. Trust in. I love it. I love it. Um, guys, so much valuable information here. I, I was going to try and summarize it all, but um, I think the biggest things that stood out to me, get help, work on transformation, not change. Um, know what you want and what you don't want. Oh, man, I could just keep going on and on. Dream big. And um, Frida, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for the interview. Thank you for the time. Guys, if you did find this valuable, remember share it with a friend and go to awise.company to connect with Frida. And uh, until next time, guys, be the leader. Yes, thanks. Guys, if you'd like a free 30-minute coaching call with Frida, who's a transformation specialist, shoot her an email at Frida at awise.company and she will oblige. That's again, Frida at awise.company and uh, she's offering a free 30-minute coaching call to anybody that needs some help or if you just want to explore some options about what transformational coaching can do for you. I need some motivation. motivation Every day I try a little harder But my dedication, dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water Trying myself and I yell at the wall Begging to run but I needed to crawl I see the finish line up ahead Trying to get traction from all of this tread I am a king, I am a queen I am more than the people can see I am strong when I'm needing to be Vulnerability's nothing to me You can try but I'm unshakable My successes is never debatable I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable Here's to you and all that you are capable You gotta go